Hi everyone, Terry Welbrock here. Just putting my continued teaser out there that I'm working on a special series that will be coming out over the next few weeks, Healers of Hilton Head. And you don't have to live on Hilton Head or vacation in Hilton Head to for it to have an impact um, and the messages to resonate. My whole point is to, yes, highlight the healers of the Hilton Head area, but for those of you listening all over the world, uh, the Healing Place podcast is now in 115 countries, which is awesome. So thank you to all of you who are listening everywhere. I love it. I love it. I love it. And But be able to then look within your own community and realize that these resources are there uh, around you and or hopefully are. Um, but that that's my whole reason of highlighting just a, a very tiny little island in South Carolina in the United States. Um, so many amazing people doing wonderful, beautiful work uh, in the healing arena. So anyway, just stay tuned and I'll keep you posted when that comes out. All right. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for inviting people to listen into this show. Again, it's in the top 2.5% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts, which is amazing. And I have you to thank for it. So my heart is hugging yours. Thanks. Oh, in today's episode. Awesome. If you know a veteran, uh, anyone struggling with PTSD, particularly a veteran, you'll want to share this with them most definitely. All right, stay tuned. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and just doing a happy dance here to have David Molesby here with me. And he is PTSD Foundation of America Executive Director, Road to Hope radio host, and senior pastor. And I want to read a little bit about David to you. David has been leading our wounded veterans to recovery and healing since 2009. He brings his love of God, strong faith, and steady leadership to serve and support the ones who serve and support us. David spearheads the incredible work of the PTSD Foundation of America and hosts the Road to Hope radio show. Since 2017, RTH Radio's mission is to reach out to our military and veteran community and their families with real practical help. So welcome, David. Thank you very much. Uh, honor to be with you. I'm glad to have the opportunity to share a little of our story. Oh, absolutely. And again, I before hitting record, I said, as, as many of my listeners know, I have a CPTSD uh, mm-hmm. diagnosis from my, mine was, was early childhood. It was not related to uh, serving in the military. Sure. Um, but I know that road, and it's it's a difficult road to to travel. So, what a gift you're offering those uh, who do have that diagnosis. So, talk to us how you came to be uh, in this role. Well, it's not the most glamorous of all stories. Uh, honestly, I've mentioned I've been a pastor. It's been ministry's been my entire adult life. And uh, so I was doing that for a while and churches doing what churches are supposed to do, I guess, grow and build buildings and all that. And at some point in time, uh, I just realized sitting in another construction meeting was really not uh, what I wanted to do, what I call ministry. It was a necessary part of what was going on at the church, but it wasn't anything that uh, was a passion of mine was to build another building. Um 
So I actually had started reaching out to some of the missions in the Houston area uh, and trying to find a way to connect with them and see if I couldn't just sort of add to what I was doing by helping them in some way. And those things never fell through. Then one day, just the opportunity came uh, from a friend of mine where our kids went to school together. We served on school boards together, uh, trips with cheerleaders, our cheerleading daughters and all that kind of stuff. So traveling with our kids all over the place. And they just mentioned uh, something that uh, someone they knew was wanting as a businessman, wanting to help our veteran community here in Houston. And said so you might want to talk to him, maybe something will work out. So had a couple of conversations on that. And uh, I signed up and I became the first, uh, however you want to call it, who would describe it as boots on the ground in Houston. Um, I don't know, whatever terminology you want to use, I hit the road and started meeting vets, hearing their story. Why are you homeless? Why is your family living in a truck? Why aren't you going to a homeless facility? Something like that. But anyway, uh, that's what kind of got it all started and it was just the opportunity for me to get my hands dirty and uh boy i had no idea what i was signing up for but uh it's been quite the ride these last 13 years wow well again you know when we have those um i i call them again tap angel whispers Mm. or taps on the shoulder when you're just feeling moved i call this my soul work and it certainly sounds like you um you kept hearing that that calling and, and found your soul work. There is nothing on the planet I'd rather do. There's not a church in the world that I want to pastor. Uh, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yes. Wow. So now, do you serve just the Houston community with your work, or is, is your organization broader, and, and do you have goals for broader? Yes and yes. So we did begin here in Houston. That's where we got started. It's where our, our uh, global headquarters, our world uh, national headquarters are. It's where our residential program is, known as Camp Hopes. Most of the time, if people have heard about us, it's through the residential portion. But in addition to that, we do run several chapters in certain cities across the country. Not a lot. Uh, our hope is to get to every one of them. Uh, but we are in several different cities across the country, across the state of Texas. Uh, we run uh, support groups for the veteran uh, dealing with combat-related PTSD. And side by side with that, and it's one of the key uh, elements of our program and why I believe it works and why I believe it provides for some very long-term healing and success in the veteran community. That is, we serve their families. We help mom, we help their spouse, we help the sister, we help, you know, the, the son, we help anyone involved can be friends that cares about that veteran come to the family support group and learn what happened to your loved one, what happened to your friend when they went to war, what is PTSD, what has it done to them, why do they lash out the way they do, uh, why does it feel so personal when the truth of the matter is it's not personal at all, uh, but then also a lot of boundaries understandably so i'm I'm not a veteran my kids aren't veterans but i try to put myself in the position what if that was my son who'd gone to iraq or afghanistan or wherever in the world and he got home from his deployment how would i feel and well i'm just glad he's home 
it looks to be in one piece and everything seems fine. I'm just glad he's home. Uh, and a lot of parents, I think, feel that way to the point where they enable some really bad choices. And once you get into that enabling process, it can go really far, really fast. So we teach family members, friends, how to not enable, but how to actually support that loved one uh, to provide a, a safe and a healing opportunity for within their family framework. So we run those across the country. And we run Zoom for, you know, of course, COVID helped push us into that. Uh, but we're also serving veteran uh, law enforcement and first responders through uh, an outreach group here in Houston and also through Zoom. So we're expanding into that field a little bit and excited about what the future has in store. But our goal is to be everywhere in America where a veteran is. So we have to be everywhere. It's a big goal. It's going to take us a minute to get there, but we're working on it. Wonderful. Well, that you just took my next question, which was, is it only the veteran community or is it uh, beyond that as well? Yeah, Camp Hope specifically, it is combat related PTSD. But even with that, 99.9% of the time is going to be a veteran, but not always. And uh, kind of the, the civilian world became a little more aware of, you know, we have people serving with our vets in places of conflict that are not Army, Navy, Marine Corps, that type of thing. They're private contractors. Uh, but we've had, for instance, we had a female in our group who was born and raised in Beirut, Lebanon. If you can imagine just having that experience in your life, talk about trauma. It does not have to be you're in the Army. Just life happens and you're experiencing trauma. So she's raised in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, finally, I think it was late 90s, she uh, she moved to the United States. Of course, not long after that, 9-11 happened. Uh, she got a phone call one day from the Department of Defense and said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about becoming a contractor with one of our contracting companies. Go with uh, our troops into Iraq and Afghanistan and interpret for them. So she thought about it for a while and actually ended up signing up. She geared up, went out into combat situations, even though she was not military. So she saw all of it, smelled all of it, lost all of it. And so when she came to the table, every person in that room respected her experience as a shared experience and shared trauma. So uh, we just say combat-related PTSD. And then in our first responders and law enforcement, like we all can understand it's all day, every day for those folks and the trauma that they face. Uh, so that's our kind of our second tier that we're working on right now. Right. Well, again, and I just want to reiterate just what a gift it is you're, you're offering folks. I, one of my dear, dear friends who has since passed, um, he, he was in desert storm, like right out of high school. And um, I, I just remember him coming to me knowing my history and, and he, and I, he would just, confessed to me these these horrors that he had dealt with and seen and felt and lived with and then he started to have panic attacks and waking up hearing bullets hitting sand and thinking it was really happening in his bedroom type of thing and so and what a struggle it was but he just didn't feel like he had any resources and anywhere to go so I was just his sounding board he called me Doc Terry (laughs) So um, even though I'm, I don't have a, my, a PhD, I'm not a doctor, but it was just something that he he just needed that 
that release he needed to be able to talk about it and uh at the time when this was going on before he had died um yeah he just he he didn't know who to turn to and so well it's awesome that he found you and that you were a listening and compassionate voice and i tell folks all the time uh we are a peer-to-peer organization i think is one of the biggest reasons we're successful but the bottom line is when someone's in trouble they just need somebody to listen not judge not act shocked by what they hear but just listen and care and if you can do that uh you can be a part of absolutely changing somebody's life maybe getting them through some crisis moment yes well well thank you so much and you know again i miss him terribly he ended up developing cancer and beat it and then at the right at the end it came back and it just surge and took him very quickly. Uh, but one of the things that, that Joe talked about was uh, his anger at God. And very often we would have these very powerful conversations of about um, that, that relationship because he was so angry and didn't know what to do with that anger. Is that, do you find that's a part of it? I mean, with the faith component and the spirituality component of it? Well, we are a faith-based organization, and we say that unapologetically. It's not the lead we use when we're trying to reach the vet, because quite often they're right where you just expressed. They are angry, angry, angry with God, and sometimes to the point where they just flat out say there's no possible way there can be a God. And I guess, you know, in some degree, it makes a little bit of sense if we had seen what they had seen, experienced what they experienced, we might feel the exact same way. But um, in fact, just literally two hours prior to this recording, I was speaking to a group of people. We had two of our guys from our program there, and one of them was sharing a little bit of his story with that crowd. And he mentioned that when he came in, he was just so angry with God and just refused to even be willing to have a conversation about that. Walking into the peer-to-peer, so he was with nothing but combat vets, but guys that had been where he was at and felt the same thing he experienced and that anger with God, they were able to kind of walk through that. And there wasn't a quick, you know, resolution to that. But now, you know, three, four months later, he would tell you it's the best thing he has going for him is he's restored his relationship uh, with God. And it changes everything. Uh, when you can kind of wrestle through that. And that's what we tell people. We can't answer the question for you because people always ask, you know, when some sort of trauma, calamity, earthquake, you know, whatever, where was God? Why does God allow, you know, starving children? Uh, And everybody wants to ask that question. Like, I'm not going to answer that for you, but I'm not afraid to get down in the pit and let's walk through it and let's get our hands dirty and let's figure out just exactly where was he? And was it God's fault? that what had just happened happened or was it mankind's fault? Was it, did did someone pull a trigger that shouldn't have pulled a trigger? So we just kind of walk through it and it takes time, but it is key to what we do. And uh, I've heard many guys uh, from the time they live with us, sometimes up to a year. And it's, it's the main thing. And it's, we have to have the question, but I can't, can't answer it for you. You have to kind of, figure it out for yourself. Oh, how I many mean, times I've answered for you, but I, yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. 
<laughs> and how many times I've had that conversation with people who have come to me and said, because I grew up Catholic. My dad was a Jesuit brother for eight years. So I have that faith part of my life. And I've certainly had my moments of, through my traumatic Sure. life of not not necessarily questioning if there is a god but just the the anger component of it and um the you know the why why i tell people all the time hey just read the psalms especially the psalms of david if you if you just read them and not like you're in church but put yourself in his shoes and he talks about you know he drenches his pillow at night with his tears his bed is washed in his tears. He can't sleep. His bones hurt. Uh, you read the life of David and his own testimony. Like if anybody had all the signs and symptoms, it was him. And no wonder, because he was, he's the guy that took Goliath's head off and strutted around town carrying his head around with him. That's not a normal uh, thing. So David had some stuff going on in his head. And he, he got angry with God more than once, but he always resolved it. And that's what we have to do is just not be afraid to, here's what it is. God's shoulders are big enough for us to say how we feel, but he's also loving and caring enough to lead us and bring us on to a better place. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. I think I had told Joe, write a letter to God. Just write it out and, and set it free because it just, just allow all that to oh, I got goosebumps talking about it because that memory came back. So yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So now on your radio show, uh, do you bring on experts that talk about different healing modalities, different ways that the those with uh PTSD can find their way along their journey, their healing journey? We will touch on those modalities from time to time, EMDR, different kind of things that uh, people use. Uh, more often than not, we're just telling, we're, we're bringing a guy in whose life's been changed and letting him tell his story. Because uh, once you start talking to a crowd, especially, you know, listening on the radio or a podcast, your mind can just start wandering. Uh, you're hearing about, you know, a bunch of uh, medical jargon and the pre frontal cortex of the brain they just what what did he just say uh but if you just hear god tell a story like i was hopeless you know hope completely hopeless attempted suicide i hear these stories all the time uh, the guy that which i mentioned a little while ago he attempted suicide three times mm. um you try to put yourself how dark how miserable how hopeless does life have to be but not to Today, he's one of the happiest guys you could ever meet. And if you met him today, you would never know, never know that he had been in that dark of a place. So isn't it just much more powerful? Just let him tell his story. And then if we can get you on the hook a little bit, then we'll talk about modalities and different experiences. But but we we like to share hope. And that's the reason called the road to hope. We just want to share hope as much as we possibly can. I love it. Well, hence Camp Hope. And I, yes. again, I'm, I, I'm totally on board with that because I think in our stories and sharing our truths, that's where those soul connections happen. That's where we resonate, you know, because people can say, oh my gosh, me too. Um, or I know somebody that I love that's struggling with this and you're right. And then you realize, oh my gosh, if that person can make it through, I can make it through, or I can have the faith that this person's going to make it through. So, yes. 
And that's one of the things we hear an awful lot when guys finally do make it to us. Had a guy come through, uh, in fact, Sunday, uh, I met him for the first time. He'd come in last week and Vietnam veteran. And he said, man, it's, it's t- taking you 50 years to get here. And I said, well, I hate it that it's taking you that long. But now that you're here, let's change the rest of your life. And uh, it can happen. And we see it happen around there all the time. Yes. Oh, I love and I love it. And oh, it's never, ever too late. Never too late no, to no, um, absolutely not make those changes to your life. I just talked to my mom about oh an hour ago. Now she's not a veteran, but she certainly has trauma history. Sure. But she uh, at eighty two was when she started on her healing journey and doing the work that she needed and seeing a therapist and finally dealing with her trauma. And now she's living life sober and uh, happy. And just every time I talk to her, she's so joyous and going out and doing fun stuff. So it's, it's never too late. Good for her. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. All right. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet? Well, I would just say um, almost everybody, even as small as the veteran population is, almost everybody has a veteran somewhere in their circle. It may be through a a church, a synagogue. It may be through the gym where they work out or a class that they go to at the university. Maybe it's someone they go to church with as their cousin or their nephew but we all know somebody and I would just tell them, look, at least be aware that there is a place that can absolutely be life-changing for the loved one. And it's absolutely free. It costs them nothing except their time. And that can be a large investment, but we just tell them, look at it like as your next deployment, but instead of this one uh, dramatically hurting your life, this can, can dramatically change your life for the better and not just yours, but, or all of your relationships. Uh, so it's just get informed, understand what PTSD is, what it does. It, it's not what the press has to say and what politicians have to say. Mental health does not lead to someone going out and hurting other people. Those statistics are the same as the non-mental health diagnosed population in the country. It doesn't change because they have a mental health diagnosis. Oh, absolutely. So get informed of what's actually going on with the diagnosis and then get involved. And you don't have to have a PhD. It's like you're talking about helping your friend and, and see what's, seeing what's happened with your mother. Powerful life change can happen just by someone listening and caring. And like, I may not know the answer, but I'll sure help you find it. And I may not be the one to help you, but I'll sure help you find someone who can. And that's, and if, if all of us did that instead of nitpicking and why we don't like each other and, you know, what kind of coffee you drink or do you even drink coffee? It's just, you know, we can get really divisive really fast. How about we just stop for a minute? How can I help you get to a better place? And uh, it can be very positive, not only for the person you help, but you'll also find that it helps you as much, if not more than the person you find yourself helping. Yes, agreed. So now your radio show mm-hmm. obviously has so much powerful information and help for folks. Are, are past episodes available to listen oh, yes. to? 
Oh, so it broadcasts on Sunday afternoon here in Houston on a local radio station. Then it immediately goes uh, iHeart Media app, the iTunes pod, you know, Spotify, whatever, uh, Spreaker. Just look for Road to Hope Radio and you'll find us. And there's a little over five years of, uh, of weekly shows on there. So there's a lot of stories uh, to listen to. Wonderful. That's awesome. 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 I had another question I was going to ask you and it popped out of my head. So, <laughs> oh, well, uh, so, oh, that's always was. next time. Yes, exactly. So how, my question was, um, is Camp Hope, so is, is it a destination? Like, is, is it a place that people go? Is it, and how long do they go and, and how do they get there? And yes. So I kind of, I don't like, well, I share the story of, most everybody in the nation's heard of St. Jude's Hospital. Well, there's one of those, it's in Memphis, and uh, they'll provide everything that that child, the family needs to take care of that child while they go through whatever treatment they're going through. Uh, that's a, basically exactly what we do here for the combat veteran. We're bringing veterans in from all across the country. We'll buy the airline ticket. We will get you here. Uh, they live with us. The program is about a six to eight month program. We've had guys with us up to and a little bit over a year. And that's due to many, many things, but can be legal issues that can have multiple mental health diagnoses. So, for instance, if they have a, a fairly severe TBI, like we've had guys literally have to live off of putting uh, sticky notes everywhere. So they know it's my turn to make the coffee. I need to turn the lights out when it's time to go to bed. Uh, so some of those things can slow that process down a little bit. Uh, it's not a race. We're here to change life and however long that takes, let's do it. But it's usually six months to a year and uh, we'll buy the airplane ticket to get them home. Uh, we have a transition program. The staff is completely dedicated to helping them transition whether it's back into their home or whether it's going forward, finding a new uh, career or going back to school or whatever it may be, what their future needs to be. We have an entire staff that's completely dedicated to helping them with that. And again, all of that's absolutely free. Wow. Amazing. And again, we have an amazing community. Yeah. So do you do fundraisers? How is, how are you funded? Uh, for the most part through the years has been all through basically third party uh, fundraisers. So it's whether it's Joe's Bar and Grill doing a crawfish boil and, you know, or or whether it's uh, in a, an apartment association doing a 5K fun run and raising $50,000 or whether it's just John Doe uh, sending us $20 a month or $100 a month through their credit card. That's how it's all happened up to this point. And uh, we came from literally not owning a paperclip 13 years ago. And now we have a staff of about 70 people across the country, multiple facilities, and uh, we don't owe anybody a dime. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. And again, it's it's just such powerful, beautiful work. And so that just speaks for itself right there of uh, the impact that you're having on people's lives and, and just globally, you know, and as a community. Yeah, just the community has really stepped forward and made sure that this is and, you know, when COVID happened and all the fundraisers got shut down, uh, we all worked together and found a way to just 
to make it continue to happen. And now that's kind of come back on board. So uh, we are geared up and looking forward to uh, making a much larger impact in the 20 plus a day suicide rate in the veteran community. We're, 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 we are we're ramping up. We are staffing up. We are going to make it happen. Yeah. That was one of the questions I think on, on your, on our communications back and forth was uh, the suicide rate. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Um, how many veterans are taking their own lives and it's the hopelessness. We lost over 7,000 men and women in our war in Iraq and Afghanistan from 2001 to 2021. Uh, last fall, we started coming home from Afghanistan, closing that 20 year war out. We've lost more than 30,000 Iraq and Afghanistan veterans to suicide. So four to one, we've lost to suicide versus IEDs or car bombs or whatever else in Iraq and Afghanistan. The numbers are startling. Yes. And when you start to extrapolate that over the next five decades, uh, we have to do something. We have to. We have no choice. Right. No, that's a that's a powerful, heartbreaking stat. Yes. It is too many moms and dads getting phone calls they should never get. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so how do how do folks um, contact you? How do they uh, work with your organization? Yeah, so uh, we remind people there's a quote. Nobody knows who the quote was, but uh, volunteerism is love in motion. We use a lot of volunteers. Uh, sign up through our website, ptsdusa.org. Uh, and that also gives you all the information on Camp Hope, all the information on all of our warrior groups, all of our family groups, uh, how you can donate. And it's like, well, I don't have any extra money. Got it. Well, most everybody shops through, you know, some online service. If you use Amazon Smile, uh, it's the same price. It's the same shopping experience. But you get to direct some of the proceeds to us by choosing PTSD Foundation of America as your charity of choice. So there's a, so many different ways to, to get involved uh, that don't even cost you an extra dime. And, then you know, following us on social media, sharing, retweeting, whatever it is. Uh, it's free <laughs> and all it does is you hit retweet and you never know. Somebody might hear about us for the first time or it's the 10th time and it's the first time they actually paid attention to it. Yes. So lots of ways to get involved. Share this video, share this audio, Please. bring it to, yes. If you come across this, uh, if you're listening to this show and you know someone who's struggling or or maybe you don't think they're struggling because they could be. And you don't know it. And yeah. Well, to sure. that point, one more, more thing. I know our time is up, but uh, we have a crisis line that's answered 24 uh, 7 by a combat vet that's been through our program, has also been uh, assist a trained in suicide prevention. And, and that number is 877 717 7873. And I encourage everybody to put it in their phone. You don't have to be a vet. But uh, you might come across someone uh, someday, you know, man, what was that phone number? And if you have it in your phone, you can just click dial, hand it to them and say, I don't know what to do. But on the other end of this line, somebody's going to say hello. Mm -hmm. I'm Joe. I'm a combat vet from the PTSD Foundation of America. How can I help you? And wow. at, at the end of the day, if you could be a part of helping someone in a moment of crisis, that's a pretty good day right there. Amen. And hallelujah.
Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, it's just, uh, again, I'm, I'm so grateful for the work you do. Thank you. And it's just been a pleasure to have you here to share your story and, and your work. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We are honored to have the opportunity. Wonderful. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning into the Healing Place podcast today. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.